Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Practical Guitarist Podcast is brought to you by Great Lakes Guitar Pickups. Great Lakes Guitar Pickups provides fantasy tones at prices a practical guitarist will love. Featuring top-notch construction, attention to detail, and a fully custom product, if you can dream it, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups can probably build it. Follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pickups. Are you a regular listener? Why not? David here reminding you of all the ways you can participate in the Practical Guitarist Podcast. Subscribe using your chosen podcast app. Review us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Practical Guitarist, or on Twitter as at Practical Guitarist. Support the show. Merchandise is available in our Threadless store at practicalguitaristpodcast.threadless.com. And donate to us via Patreon, available at patreon.com slash practicalguitarist. Reach out to us directly via email at questions at practicalguitarist.com. Lift off. Hi, Jim. <laughs> Hi, David. I know you've been wanting to do that to me all day. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, shit. I used the F word against you this morning, so that's that's fine <laughs> enough. In a public forum, no less. In a public forum. It, right. uh, you know, um, so here we are, cool. uh, another episode. Uh, yep. I'm still here. Jim's still here. Uh, <laughs> all is good in the world. Somehow, somehow we had our first lover spat. Oh, no, we've had a couple, but you just didn't know it yet. Yeah. Um, so we got some cool stuff coming up, man. Uh, later, in the, later in the week, instead of a Wednesday episode, what we're going to do is we're going to do a Wednesday live broadcast where you can participate. Um, right. I have not picked the service we're going to use to do this yet. Uh, I'm looking at Zoom. I may I may buy us a Zoom license because uh, okay. I think we can have 100 people in the room if I do that. Or we're going to use right. Google Hangouts. So I don't know which. I think Zoom would probably be better because we're going to get we're going to get a lot more people able to join. And I think the connection will be a little bit more solid. So I've got to determine that I'll have that up by tomorrow night in the group. Uh, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, uh, please join. You'll see the yeah. details up tomorrow evening, uh, probably right around show launch. And uh, we'll be ready for, you know, whoever wants to show up um, and harass us or be nice. So you can, you can do either one or you can just show up and listen if you want. We don't care. Rather you just, harassed us yeah we're fine with harassment jim and i are yeah we're good at harassing each other take my word for it oh yeah so you guys harassing us would be fine so how do you how do you spell that h-a-r-r-y-a-s-s yeah there's there's definitely an a-s-s in there let me tell you (laughs) you don't have a hair on your ass if you don't harass (laughs) so (laughs) i'll stop the dad jokes now Oh my God! So yeah, they were terrible. Uh, there's been some there's been some behind the scenes stuff. So I I've been kind of waffling on that Stratocaster, and it, I, I'm gonna get it. Oh, I got so, I got something to announce today too. I wasn't gonna get it, so I didn't wind up picking it up. And then uh, go ahead. So I I found the pickup mule. You you, you know this? Oh yes. Um. So I gotta I gotta give the whole story. So 
I went to a good time music. I made an appointment, went in and talked to Pat. I didn't make an appointment. He, he invited me to come in. And, um, I came in, I sat down with Pat and Pat, basically we, we went through a couple of different styles of guitars. We talked about the gem junior. Cause I played one. I really liked it. We talked about RGs. Um, there for various reasons, we figured the best thing to do was to find something that was swimming pool routed and with a pick guard instead of trying to use adapter rings, which I kind of agree with. Um, and, uh, we need to find something that we can get pretty cheap pick guards available. And so, um, he pointed out that, you know, I already like G and L, uh, and that they have a plethora of, uh, <laughs> of appropriately routed guitars for my needs. Um, and initially I was going to get this Fullerton red, uh, legacy, which the, it just, you know, stock new price, 500 bucks. um, it's a little bit more expensive than the, the trash heap I had purchased. Uh, and I'm still awaiting my refund on no less. Um, but it, I've been told by eBay, I had a call with them. They, they say my money's coming. Um, and that I will be able to ship tomorrow because they're going to issue me the, uh, label I need to go drop it off at the USPS. So, uh, that being said, I'm going to get that all taken care of. Uh, that money is going to go towards this new guitar. Uh, I started looking at the Fullerton red one and then he points out on the wall. He says, you know, Hey, is I can give you a deal on this green one over here. And I look at it's an American. And I and I was like, I was like, I saw stars and I was like, deal. What kind of deal can you give me? And then he told me, which I will not disclose here, uh confidentiality. Pat takes care of people that shop there. Um and basically the deal with the guitar is it's been there for a little bit and uh he wants to move it. And I was I went home and I showed it to my wife. And I said, I think this is the one. And then she said, you're an idiot and you're going to break your no gear if you do that. And as she is the referee, uh, we had a conversation. It resulted in a longer conversation and several other conversations <laughs> afterwards about the guitar. Uh, the next day, I was going back and forth with her uh, trying to determine what I was going to do. And uh, ultimately, I decided that uh, I should err on the side of caution and get the $500 guitar. Uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't need any more GNLs. Um, a USA, another USA, you know, kind of, uh, kind of Strat style guitar. You know, I don't need it. Like, I mean, that's what they are. They're they're a Strat style. The Legacy is is a dyed in the wool Strat style guitar. It's got I'll Nico five pick, pickups and all that good stuff. Um, so it was funny because it's, I I ended up turning it down and I bought I bought the uh, Fullerton Standard so. Uh, I put down a hundred bucks. I'll go pick it up later this week when it's all done for pickup and everything. But uh, yeah. So Jim is sneezing. He's got the silent button going. It's really fun. Yeah. Thank goodness. You guys would have been jumping out of your chairs if you'd heard that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, you know, all right, I'm going to say this. I know that, that, that the other one would have been gear of no gear and the, the, that, that guitar and and no, I'm not going to share the, the green the green sparkle with the cre with the cream pick guard. Yeah, I definitely would have got that. It's a beautiful That's guitar, a, and it play and it plays better than the than the Fullerton. But you haven't seen the Fullerton red color in person. It is a very special looking red. It's borderline. It's like a a weird. Like you get close to it, it's kind of gets a lot of orange to it, and it's got a lot of right. pink to it actually. And yeah. so it it has this like weird, almost washed out appearance to it. It is a very unique color. I've never seen anything like it. 
And then, of course, that match with the uh, vintage tint maple neck is, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good looking. The, the pictures on their website just don't do it justice. So, Incredible. Even when, and when I went back and, and told Pat, Pat, Pat laughed at me and he was like, he was like, oh, so your wife decided you couldn't get that one, huh? And I, I kind of teased him. I said, my wife had nothing to do with it. I said, I decided not to. And then he kind of, he leans over the counter and he goes, that Fullerton red one is unbelievable. He's like, is it unbelievably good looking, isn't it? And I said, yeah. And then he goes, I really like that guitar. He's like, I don't think you're making a bad decision. You know, and I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> if he says so, um, the nice thing, if I'd have gotten the, the, uh, the green sparkle is I probably would have, I think that came with a hard case. Um, I've got no case with the, uh, the, um, tribute, but it's a tribute, you know? So I, I do need to get some, some, a new gig bag. It's on my list of things to do. Um, I just haven't done it yet. So I've got a cheapy fender. I like the $30 gig bag that they put out. They're $30 deluxe gig bag they put out a few years ago and it's not deluxe at all. Uh, <laughs> so I need to get something better. Uh, something with some actual padding, frankly. Wow. It, well, <clears throat> um, as you know, I, I decided to go ahead and, and get the strat. So I'm going to pick that up this week. Um, and on, and in other news, um, so I was looking at uh, the, uh, as you know, uh, somebody somebody turned me on to take a second look at the um, uh, the John Mayer Silver Sky. I don't know who would have done such a thing. Yeah, and uh, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to sell one of my guitars and then put some more money in and get a Silver Sky. So the the downside is finding one. Well, no, I, I mean, I can wait because I got to sell my. True, true, true. So it's not a big deal. No, it's not really finding one that's so much as I'm going to. I know of so one. <laughs> those of you, yeah, that that might be the one that I go after yeah. because at least he's got a hard case for it. That's what I was getting to now. I think I think he does. I'm not sure. I'd have to ask. I think that's yeah, an HSC it, one. Yeah. So the the I guess the um the originals uh. Came with the hard shell case. Now they ship with um, the gig bag. A right. gig bag. So if those of you are looking at them online and you go, "Oh, look at that! It's got a gig bag with it." It it does come with a gig bag. Now. Yeah, Jim and I discovered that the other night because we were looking at one and we're like, "Why the hell is he giving a gig bag with this?" Yeah, <laughs> what do you do? Sell the case separately? But yeah, yeah that's um. Well, unfortunately, well, apparently there's some some people with the cases too. Some of them were black, and I guess some of them were white. Yes, they were different colors. So. I think it was, it was a, probably it was a limited edition run of the first fifty cases or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know that I know that there's like a lot of turmoil over who got a case with theirs and who's selling their cases online and yep. this whole thing. Yep. Um, I I heard that actually the Sam Ash Stork. I was asking like, does yours have a case? You know, it's like, <laughs> is it really that big a deal? I mean, if, it, if you're gonna play it, I don't. So I get it. I mean, collector's guitar, right? First, right. first hundred or whatever are collector's instruments, um, but at the same time, I kind of don't get it because I'm like, in this day and age, almost everything's going to be a player's guitar. I mean, yeah. we, we, well, you're not going to be a able player to, for me. Well, I'm just saying, like, you're not going to be able to determine what a collector's guitar is. Collectability is determined by rarity, not yeah. not by, um, you know, the the manufacturer making a limited run. Okay. Um, a lot of cases, and this has been the case with a lot of collectible markets, and I think it's happening guitar occasionally too, 
where Kirby says, limited edition, limited run. We're only going to make this for one year. And then they make 20,000 of them. And it's like, how is this? How is this rare? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Well, uh, okay. So the, the fact is that the first 50, now, of course, it, it depends on whether you care. It's, oh, the first 50, it's got a case and it's this case, um, are numbered. So the right, first right. 50 are numbered. They've got a numbered matching case or some shit like that so that you know that yeah, yeah, yeah. case where it came with the guitar. That's why I said if you buy the case sec, um, second la- secondary and you get the guitar, they're not going to be numbered the same. Uh-huh. So there, there is going to be – that's not the – it's not the right one. Now, of course, there's going to be people just like anything else who fall for the – see, I've got a case for it, so it must have been one of the first ones. So, I Yeah, I mean – as far as as far as the Silver Sky pricing goes, I mean it's what it's twenty two hundred or something, right? Twenty two ninety nine. Yeah, yeah it's so twenty two ninety nine. I mean, if you compare to what else is out there, I mean, you could get a you could get a Nash for that. You could get yeah. um, sure. No, I think sir, you're gonna well, you're gonna have to pay an extra two hundred bucks for sir. So I believe their 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 strat style is twenty five. Uh, twenty five. Sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, go ahead. So I, I, you know, I, I mentioned this to the group and this kind of ignited a little bit of a war, but I was, but I mentioned, you know, there are better values out there, but I'm, I was thinking about it later this afternoon. I'm like, you know, really there aren't many other Strat style guitars that are that desirable and have that feature set for that amount of money. And by feature set, I mean, uh, I would consider the feature set on this. Of course, you get locking tuners, you get a seven and a quarter inch radius, which you're not going to find that unless you go custom shop, really. I mean, there are, so Fender does make a couple of a couple of models, I believe, a seven and two five, seven point two five inch. Is it seven two point two five or seven and a half? I'll just say seven inch. You guys know what I mean, seven like the quarter, vinti- yeah. vintage seven and a quarter inch radius. Yeah, yeah. vintage Fender radius. Um, there, are, I so Fender makes a couple of guitars, I think, still in their production line that have this. They're few and far between. Um, custom shops are often this. Um, most modern players have kind of gravitated more towards the nine and a half inch radius because it allows for easier bending. Uh, you don't fret notes out. You don't have to worry about, you know, having perfect action in order to play the guitar properly, um, which seven and a quarter tends to be a little bit higher maintenance. And it's probably partially because Fender doesn't want to have to worry about, uh, you know, setups in shops. Um, there's not a whole lot of difference between seven and a half, seven and a quarter and nine and a half. Um, Although my gut impression of nine and a half versus seven and a quarter, seven and a quarter, it seems like your D and your G string are a lot closer to the fretboard. Um, just in the way that they're, they're set. And that may be the way that they're cutting the nuts on that particular guitar. You know, I've, I've made comments about um, the radius not feeling right to me. And I wonder if it's just because the nuts are being cut differently than other guitars typically ship with. And that could be a big component of that. Um, I, I mean, it could be anything again. So this guitar is so kind of like a custom, like animal of its own in a way that, you know, when you, when you, most people don't think about this, when you design a guitar and you put a bridge in, take your, take your Floyd Rose, for example, cause it's a perfect example. How many, how many Floyded guitars have a 15, 17, 18, 20 inch, 22. I think I've seen a guitar with a 22 inch radius. And that's basically flat, right? Um, and that's, that's almost concave. And you <laughs> get them going down. You get them going down all the way to twelve inch, nine and a half inch. And I've seen Floyd's on seven and a quarter inch guitars before. Now here's where where I'm gonna I'm gonna point something out that people don't think about. 
So if you have a if you have a seven and a quarter radius and you're putting a bridge on a guitar, the string spacing for that bridge is going to have a profound effect on the playability of that guitar because of the geometry. Now, your your typical Floyd, I believe, is set up for a twelve inch radius. Um, so when you go to somebody like Ibanez and they have a fifteen inch or fifteen and a half inch radius on most of their guitars, depending on what year and all that, um, their bridges are set up to accommodate that. And so they've been designed with that geometry in mind. But other companies, like their licensed Floyds, aren't necessarily built to match the radius. And I've never looked at looked at actually buying a Floyd Rose, um, and I kind of did the other day. And I noticed that they don't make different radius models. So, I mean, it, I imagine it's the same way for Strat-style guitars and... Uh, saddles and all of that, they all have to be the right spacing and the right trajectory, which is your scale length to the, to the nut. And so therefore it's going to affect the playability. So a seven and a quarter inch radius is going to affect your playability to an extent. Um, you can obviously get around some of that with adjusting your saddles up and down. And because those are vintage saddles, you can actually tilt the saddle one way or the other, and the string will slide along and you can actually use that as a kind of a, a makeshift adjustment adjustment for the angle. So I imagine the guitar could probably be set up to my liking, but it's, you know, out of the box. The one, the one I played, I have not, uh, I was not a huge fan of it. Um, I think Pat's trying to get me to buy it anyway. Uh, cause he keeps telling me like, you need to play that again. Like you need to try that thing again. You know, he's like, I can't believe you didn't like that thing. Um, I actually really like all the appointments on the guitar. I love the, I love the jack plate. Yep. I think it's the coolest thing in the world to have that, that, that ridge there. And I like the uh, the knobs. The knobs do not feel cheap. Um, like it's, your typical Strat knobs feel cheap to me. Um, they they don't have any weight to them, and they're plastic. And then over time, the the numbers wear off and all that. So it's like, why bother to put them on there anyway? Um, the switch tip was cool. Uh, I did not play it with the trim. Um, I imagine that that's like any other PRS push in trim. Um, but so for me, the features on this guitar are really the fact that, you know, you get that vintage Fender radius neck. So to go out and find a competitor product, you're few and far between. You want to open it up and you want to say, okay, I want something with a nine and a half inch radius or something like that. Then, yeah, then there are probably better values available. Um, I suppose you could probably find a used custom shop for 1700 or something, but then you're going used and that's not really comparing apples to apples. So although we could say, you know, the the uh what what do they go for used now the silver skies more than new right well well if you get the one with the hard case more than new but i've been i've seen them for about two grand yeah okay so, so on reverb they're still in high demand give it a couple of years yep. and they'll be cheaper than and and people will be giving them away because yeah. that's that's i i have a feeling what's happened is since since the the demand on these things was through the roof paul reed smith you know, sold out their inventory. They probably made a few more. They sold those out. And now what's going to happen is they're going to keep flooding the market. And eventually people who bought these as an opportunity to sell up are probably going to be sitting on them. And then they're going to want to unload them and get their money out. And when that happens, that's when you can get the, you'll get the deals. I bet, I bet these guitars go for 1500 or less when they, when that starts happening. So, yeah. Might be a and year that's or what two. I'm thinking. Might be a year or two. Yep. They'll be when PR when when uh, John Mayer goes back to Fender. 
Yeah, or Gibson pays yeah. him enough to come over there. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because you you know, he's, he's got a bunch of e uh, 335s and old uh, Gibson jazz boxes. So that wouldn't shock me if someday he goes to Gibson. Yeah. It's just, you know, so I'm looking at Tungsten one. I, I played it. I played it a couple times. I, I like it. So not every um, you know, not everybody has to like the guitar you buy. And I think right. that's, you know, I think that's the thing. that I think w- with the Silver Sky, it's just a very polarizing piece. I think it is. And we've got I think s- because because it's obvious that that the body shape says this is a Fender S guitar. So I think I know, honestly the, I think the body the shape says PR. I know. I think the body shape says PRS. I think the features say Fender. I think it's the exact opposite. I think the body shape, well, and yeah, the yeah. three by three headstock, the lock, yep. the PRS lo- style locking yeah. tuners. Yeah, the neck does not say. I mean, if you took that neck off, you could not find a Fender. You're going to be able to put it on. You right. Don't, you don't have the the body. I guess you're right. The body itself, the cutaway, the way to that is not Fender. It's like you said, the features, the three knobs, the three single. Cut or uh, sorry, three single single coils in the in the positions they are and so on and so forth. Those say Fender. So and the and the look, not not the feel of it, but the look of the bridge says Fender. So before the show, I uh, Jim and I had this discussion. I think it was part of that conversation about um, you know valued guitars, like better values or whatever. Of course, Jim Jim says. Oh, you're just trying to make people, you know, uh, buy more GNLs and the price joking. goes up. And I'm, well, of course you're joking. Uh, but <laughs> I, you don't care if the I don't care if you're joking. I didn't care if you were joking. You, it didn't matter. <laughs> no. So, the, well, and I kind of, I had a, I had a witty quip about that. I was like, hell no, I don't want them to go up in price. I want to be able to get them cheap. Exactly. Um, so <laughs> the, the funny thing is that I, I, I took this comment and I said, all right, I'm going to actually go look at the prices of these things and compare yeah. them. And yep. so what I found was, first off, finding GNL models from like Guitar Center is a pain in the ass because GNL sells custom. So yeah. um GNL is trying to to fix that problem right now. They have a they came out with a new line this year called Fullerton Standard, right? And right. so what the Fullerton Standard is, is a basic feature set that you could usually get on a custom guitar that they've done, you know, they do three model stock models that are pre-configured that they can sell to stores for an inexpensive price. Now, when I talk about an expensive price, I'm talking $999 folks right. or, you know, a made in USA American guitar made. with all yep. the American stuff. And if you ever get a chance to watch some of the YouTube videos in their factory, like you'll be impressed. They're still making a lot of the, the guitar by hand the same way that they used to make them years ago, the, the fenders. And they do use a plaque machine there is some CNC routing and stuff going on, but it, but for the most part, it's a lot less automated than you would be. You would believe um, a lot of hand shaping going on, especially in their USA line. But what what's funny, doing a lot of, they've been doing a lot of publicity about that lately. I saw, saw Anderton's do a video on that. And I saw, yeah, they um, lost their British Phil distributor. They, they lost their British distributor. It was really ugly. And so the yep. whole Anderton's thing is because of that. And there's some other stuff that's going on in like the European market that you can see videos and stuff now that are coming out that because they're very excited to actually get some GNLs in in Europe because that was a big problem for a long time. So what's interesting? So the, so 999 is a GNL Fullerton Standard Legacy electric guitar. The the closest thing in price from 
from Fender is the American Special strap, which is another U.S. made Fender, right? It's a thousand dollars. It's a thousand fifty dollars, right? So you might be able to get a deal on one, you know, and get one for a thousand bucks. That's that's the comparison. So the Special Series is supposed to be a little bit more contemporary, but it's also a little bit lower on feature set to an American standard. Uh, it's got a six screw bridge and all that stuff. Your typical Strat appointments. Um, I don't think it features a rosewood neck, but it might be rosewood. Uh, no, it is. It is rosewood. So I'm looking at. I'm looking. I have a an image of the of the listing over here. So that would be what you would compare it to. Now the funny thing is, remember I mentioned finding listings for them is kind of difficult. So if you were to con- compare a custom shop model, which which the only one they have listed is a GNL Legacy Electric Guitar Shoreline Gold on Guitar Center. Now, I'll tell you, they make pretty much every color into the rainbow, but they are literally on price with the American professional Stratocaster. Rosewood again, same same deal. Alnico pickups, you know, the whole the whole thing. Two-point bridge. Um, I will say, because I, I looked at an American professional the last time I was in, in uh guitar center. Uh they don't they still don't use a big bridge block. It's not made out of stainless steel or anything. The the GNL Legacy Tremolo is is definitely better quality than what you're going to get on the the USA. But again, same thing. If you're if you're worried about resale, buy the Fender. You know that's if you're not planning on keeping the guitar forever, forever, you want to buy the Fender. Um, now, here's where here's where your saving comes in from from GNL though. So we covered the two high end guitars, um, that and the fact that you can get basically what amounts to a custom shop guitar for them from you know for under eighteen hundred bucks is pretty impressive. I'm looking for the uh, the other image while I'm I'm digging around on my screen here. Oh, here it is. It's on the other screen. Uh, so this is again kind of the same deal, same features, same feature set. There are fewer colors available from GNL, but if you want a GNL Tribute Legacy, which is equivalent to a Fender Player Stratocaster, now granted, Fender Player could be China, Mexico, you know, whatever foreign country they're having these built in. Um, the Tribute is made in Indonesia by Court. Uh, is only five hundred bucks. The Fender Player is six hundred and fifty dollars, and I don't think either of these come. Well, yeah, I don't think either of these come with a bag. If they if they do, it would be the Fender that comes with the bag. That's a pretty expensive bag, one hundred and fifty dollar bag. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know, guys. I mean, at least at the low end, it looks like they're. Uh, GNL comes out actually quite a bit more competitive, um, but they both have cool colors right now. So if you're if you're looking for a Strat style guitar and don't want to spend a lot of money, I I mean you can't beat either of these really. Uh, I think that the GNL would be a better better value for my taste. But if you're a traditionalist, you'd probably look at the uh, the player Stratocaster. All right, and, so let me ask you this because you mentioned this before, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question because you're a GNL guy. You you have them and you know them. Yeah, I have them. Um, so let's say you're a Strat guy, you want to get a GNL, and you go, should I or shouldn't I? What about um, replacement parts? That's the big problem with with GNL. So a lot of the replacement parts have to come direct from GNL, and by replacement parts, I mean pick guards. Yeah, what? that's right. 
the the American Strat pickguard that you know the the typical Fender Stratocaster style pickguard will not fit on a GNL, um, and it's partially due to the bridge because the bridge it it's cut out to fit yeah, the bridge. But there but there are other things that they're are actually different about the pickguards as well. Um, that's really the only big replacement part that you couldn't you know it's like tuning keys you can buy same tuning keys that you can put on a Fender you can get for your for your GNL no big deal. Pickups are the same size. Uh, in most cases, unless they're the, like the the super big MFD, you know, like soap bar looking things um, or uh, P90s, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and your bridge has to come from GNL. Now, their bridge is pretty pricey. Um, you can buy their bridge by itself. I think it's like 150 bucks. But what I will say is that bridge is on par with like the best stuff you're going to get out of Shaler. The best stuff you're going to get out of out of uh, uh, well, Shaler makes Floyd Roses, so they own Floyd Rose now. So, uh, but that's my point is that they they have that level of machine quality, and they're made out they're not made out of pop metal or anything like that. I mean, you can see when you look at the block, it's it's um, it's steel and it's not zinc. There's no zinc in it whatsoever. It's actually polished too, which just a little you know added touch, but um. So, I mean, yeah, the replacement parts are more, but I mean, even at this amount, you could buy another bridge for the price difference between that and the, the, uh, Fender player Stratocaster. I mean, and to be perfectly honest, I have a Jimmy Vaughn Strat, which was supposed to be like, when I bought it was like the top end of the Fender Mexico line. And my, my, uh, GNLs are better than it by a long shot. I mean, my tribute. And and the one I'm getting are both better than it, in my opinion. Um, so I don't know. It's it really comes down to what what flavor you want because yes, the legacy is very much a Stratocaster, but it is not exactly like what every Strat on the market's like either. Right. So you have to play it because that the other thing you got to remember is the Tribute Legacy is a 12 inch radius, whereas the Fender Player Strat's a nine and a half. Now that's Gibson versus Fender, basically, um, and that came, you know, all the features and changes that happened in the GNL line over the years, and the standard things that happened happened because of player feedback. Number one, and number two was adapting and changing music style. Even through you know Leo's years of working with as CLF doing Music Man, um, he was already starting to implement those things because he realized that. You know, and a, a seven and a quarter inch radius was going to cause you to fret out if you bent too high. And, right. and that cuts you out, what, pretty much all the blues players. You know, you know, like if you look at how much, how many people that alienates in the market. Yeah, you definitely want to do away with that. So yep. people may love it today. I think the reason why people like seven and a quarter inch radius guitars today is because most of them have been refretted. Or and or if they have the original frets, they have been worn down to have more of a compound radius, and so it's a little bit more palatable on a vintage guitar. You go newer guitars with a seven and a quarter; it's a little bit different. Now I'll stop talking about strats. <laughs> I, I really want to. So let's talk about the other thing. So um, switching topics, uh, you were talking about pedals and pricing. Oh, well, yeah. So this plays into this too. So, um, everybody adjusts their prices, right? And that's not just pedals. That's like the whole industry. And we've obviously, we are, we have inflation. 
And we we talked last week about Gibson and uh, Fender and that whole thing that went down in 60 Cycle Hub's video about it. Uh, this yep. week, so uh, there's, a, there's a podcast, I'm Chasing Tone, Wampler's podcast. Uh, is that, no, Chasing, is Chasing Tone his or is that Blake Wyland's? Yeah, Chasing Tone is Oh, that's right, his, right. He's got his Tone Mob. Tone Mob. Oh, yeah, right, right. So Ch- Chasing Tone is, is Brian Wampler's podcast. And um, uh, there was an episode a while back. Maybe it was when he did his interview on Amps and Axis. But anyway, they were talking about pricing. And he was talking about how hard it is to get a price increase through uh, for his stuff. And that, like, they went, like, seven or eight years without a price increase. Because every time they tried to do it, people would just throw a fit and be like, what do you mean this is going to be $10 more? And it's really funny because we see it, right? We see it in these groups. Uh, I see it on the gear page all the time where people are like, oh, here we go. Now they're just going to raise prices and make it cheaper. And to an extent, yes, companies do that. Um, But that's their bottom line, right? So if you're Fender, what is your goal? What is your goal as Fender? It is to put as many guitars into shops, not people's hands into shops as possible. And so when you have to do a price increase, you're going to have to explain to the shop, the retailer, why you have to raise prices. So obviously that the the fastest way and the easiest way to do that is to tell them, well, it's a cost of living increase, or it's a, you know, this is, this is a material increase, meaning the parts have gone up. And so we have to raise the price or the labor has gone up. And so we have to raise the price. Um, which is fine. But we as guitar players on the end user, we will bitch about $5. We are the cheapest motherfuckers on earth. And that's what I wanted to talk about. So take it away, Jim. What do you think? I, I have a simple look at the, um, uh, when it comes to, to the Wampler pedals, and that's this. <clears throat> Having um, watched, I've never been a fanboy of a certain style of guitar, type of guitar, pedals, or anything like that. Certainly not pedals. Um, I cannot see with all the. I want to. I want to use a um, a really non PC way of saying this, but I'll use a more PC way than that. Uh, and that is, I would not ever. I could not ever see people who sit there on Brian Wampler's page saying to him, oh, I'm not going to pay $10 more. Because those people, those sycophantic people who sit there and, and praise every every time he farts, um, they're not going to go, oh, we raised your pedals for $10 more. I'm never going to buy them again. I'm out of here. Look, <clears throat> first of all, everybody needs a pay increase. And this guy has people he's got to pay, including himself. And you think he's rich. He's not. He's not getting rich on this. Making a living. That's it. You know, we want to think he's getting rich on it, but he's not. No, they. I mean, most of these people are just making a living. They're making a wage to pay for their expenses. They might have a little bit going into savings to take care of themselves. But exactly. ultimately, this is not an industry where you're going to see people drive around Ferraris. Now, right. there, there are situations like. Except uh, for Analog Mike. Well, yeah, that's because he races. Well, cars. no, those are Porsches. Yeah, he likes Porsches too. 
Um, but he's always been into Porsche. So was even- uh, the guy from Sweetwater, the, Chuck, the guy that owns Sweetwater. Yeah. He has a lot of exotic cars. And that's what's, yeah. what's strange to me is in this business, the boutique guys that are building all of the products that get sold by somebody like Sweetwater, who then yeah. make the guy rich, aren't making shit. They don't make yeah. anything. But but Chuck's got a lot of money, right? Chuck has sweet planes, and he and he, he rides a helicopter to work every day, you know. <laughs> but but the people that he buys his product from, they you know they're driving a Pinto, like that. That's that's what's going on here, and it's it's very strange. Um. So anyway, to back up a little bit, uh, yeah. talk about price increases. I can remember the first time I saw a price increase, and I was like, "Wow, that's jacked up." Going back a long time ago to when the Mexican standard strap was 350 bucks. Yep. Do, do you remember this time, Jim? It wasn't that long yeah. ago. It was in like 2001 ish, 2000. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Fender was like, Nope, they're not $350 anymore. Now they're, and I think it was in 2003, actually, I think it was the year I graduated. They're now $450. Yeah. And then they went 500 and now they're at 650. Right. Uh, yep. And when I saw them go from 350 to 450, I literally went, "Well, I guess I'm not buying any more Mexican standard strats." And and that was me being an idiot because I I didn't know much about about what had been going on there. So a, as it turns out, they hadn't had a price increase in like five years. And if you can remember the economy back in 2003, like right. it was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now so. Fast forward, and we do this last round of fender changes and price increases. They're now up to six fifty, right? Uh, and I don't look at a six hundred and fifty dollars guitar and and look at it the same way I used to. I'm looking at it going, yeah, it's probably worth it. I mean, it, but but the same quality level is probably the three hundred and fifty dollars guitar that I saw, you know, years ago. Uh, same thing with with GNL, you know, the tribute legacy. We we're just talking about five hundred bucks. That's that's about average. That's what I would expect to pay. They were probably two hundred ninety dollars or whatever when when well no, they, the tribute line didn't exist back then. So uh, the tribute line I think happened in two thousand seven is when that started. Um, but the point is that uh, it's very easy to look at something and say that, but then on down the road, did I have an American Standard Strat? Yeah. You know, so price increases don't really mean a whole lot. We always act like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's that much money. But end of the day, when you need it, you need it. And so you pay the price. Um, And I think we just I think we as a community are just loud and obnoxious about it. Oh, I don't like the fact that it costs that much. Wait until you see. So right now um, I've had an ethos overdrive. We've talked about this panel before. and I believe they're like 650 with all the modification upgrade options you can get on the pedal. I had one with, it was loaded. It had everything on it. Um, I waited for them to build it, the whole, you know, whole shenanigans. Uh, and look, um, it was a good pedal, like probably the best overdrive pedal I'd ever heard, but it really didn't do that specific thing that you get an overdrive for, you know? Um, and so I ended up selling it. Uh, partially because my Helix basically rendered it obsolete for what I was using it for anyway. Um, and I haven't really looked back. I don't I don't really miss the pedal or anything. But the point is, we all complain. You know, we see a pedal like that. $650 for an overdrive. 
wait until the boss like super overdrive waza is like 350 bucks when they do a price increase because it's gonna happen at some point like it's inevitable the price of these things goes up and classic example you were talking about uh we were talking before the show strymon everybody bitches and complains about strymon pricing but ultimately Strymon sells a lot of fucking pedals, don't they? That's right. And so and that's why I said that, you know, I know what Wampler's saying. And honestly, he's got to he's, he's just forced the price increases. Stop, stop bitching. He's got to he's got to pay it. And people are either going to have to pay it or they're going to have to go somewhere else. And where are you going to go? The other what? ones have already gone up or they're uh, already or they're going up. You're you're not going to that ten dollar price difference. You and I both have Wamplers. Honestly, I think I think the amount of money I spent on a dirt pedal was too much. But then again, I like it, Jim, and I depend on it. Jim, it wasn't too much. That's the thing. Yeah. If, if it's if it's makes you happy, then it's enough. But but here's the thing. So too much for a dirt pedal. What do you think a dirt <laughs> pedal should cost? Exactly. Well, Sorry. no, I'm asking. What do you think I usually it should mute cost? when I cough like that? What? Um, yeah, what do I think a dirt pedal costs? See, that's just it. For me, a pedal that goes on and off and doesn't do much else, it's 100 bucks. But this thing was 200 and, was it $240 or $230? See, I, so I look at the market now and I think dirt pedal, 170 bucks. That's just the way I perceive the market now. And it's, it's partially because of the boutique, and I, I call, I'm going to call it the boutique taintedness or the boutique the boutique steak that has gotten all over everything. Uh, but ultimately even boss kind of agrees with me because they're doing this Waza line of pedals. And if you want a higher quality pedal, you pay more and they're yeah. looking at 175 bucks. Is that how much I, I thought the, um, the new Waza um, metal craft was or metal zone or whatever. They call I think it. it's more two twenty something. Yeah, I think it's more, but, but, the, but, but that's my in general. If you're gonna buy, if if people are gonna be priced, if the Wazacraft is gonna be priced two hundred something dollar point, and Boss does a lot of market research before they go and do something like that. Yeah, Boss so, doesn't just go. So the SD one W, and this is the one I'm gonna use for reference, is one hundred fifty yep. bucks. And let's see if the Blues Driver is too. Uh, what the? Here we go. It is also one hundred and fifty dollars, which is what I thought. I think they were That's, yeah. The new price? Yeah, yeah, for, the Waza, Waza? for the Waza. So okay. that's and I consider those basic drive pedals. A yeah. metal zone, that's a distortion. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. And like that's, you know, obviously that's a metal distortion too, which means it has to have higher quality components for noise suppression and all those kinds of things. So yeah. I, I get I get that pedal being a little bit more. Um I mean, so ultimately what I'm saying here though is that uh that hundred dollar price tag when I first started playing, that's where overdrives were. Like that's, I mean, yes, you could get your cheap old overdrives for like twenty to thirty bucks in some cases, all the way up to one hundred and fifty dollars for the really high end stuff. Uh, but ultimately, most of the pedals in the market were trying to hit that hundred dollar price point. But it's just, it's that that was ten years ago or fifteen years ago, and the prices are now. I mean, the basic overdrive price point is like one hundred and fifty bucks. So. Actually, I think these are a value at one hundred and fifty dollars. To be honest with you, I think. Um, yeah. Although uh, Philip McKnight, 
know your gear. He says that the Waza, he doesn't even use the Waza settings on them. So your mileage may vary. Um, I think yeah, he was are, saying that um, about I deal, think it's the SD one. Yeah, he said that, that about he likes, bo- bo- that. And he doesn't even- yeah, that and the Blues Driver, actually. He said about yep. both. Yep. Uh, and he said he doesn't even care about the Waza sound. Yeah, so I think the Waza, it's, there are advantages to having the Waza because I know the whole the whole circuit is allegedly, like, trumped up. It's got uh, it's got better components in it, and they, they take a lot more care in making sure the components are properly matched and all that uh, to the spec right. sheet. Um, so, I mean, I can see wanting to have the Waza over the other and not use the mode. Um, so... And that's my point is that we all need to start like realizing that stuff costs money and yeah. you know, maybe and, yeah, no. And, and here's the thing. Most of us aren't making any more money and that's the right. problem. So right. even though the gear keeps going up in cost, we're still got the same amount of money to spend on it. I haven't had a pay increase in two years. Well, unfortunately I've had several, but they're not amounting to much. And that's, you know, Unless you switch jobs, you ain't getting a big pay increase anymore. Right. So. Right. And honestly, unless you've got something to hold over them, a lot of times, even then, switching jobs, you you wind up in the same place. Yeah. Financially. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, you'll switch jobs and you'll find out. Oh wait, you have to pay more. Like longer commute or you know, longer commute. Yeah, or, you gotta you gotta put more gas in your car, kind of deal. Yeah. Or you have to pay a toll that you weren't paying last time. Right. Right. Um. So yeah, that's 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 where I'm at. I I see these kinds of things going on, um, and I just think this is insane. Now, I'm going to look up something, Jim. I want you to talk talk on the show for a while. <laughs> there's there's a surprise <clears throat> topic for you. There's a surprise topic. Oh yeah, you know I love we gotta surprises. Talk, we got right? you're going to love this surprise. This is what we really I really want to talk about on the show. I still oh, been. Thinking, wow, wish I could, wish I had a surprise I could talk about. I, I, and then suddenly I don't have any. Yeah. Okay. So I stumbled across a forum thread on the gear page. For those of you who have not been on the gear page before, it is like the greatest hive of scum and villainy that, that the internet has ever seen. Uh, it's Moss Eisley on the internet. Yeah. Um, so I'm logging into my account so I can get into, uh, what I commented on. Um, and this is this is pertaining to, uh, and I'm sure you've all heard this stuff before about uh, women guitar players, right? You know yep. how that the the landscape is changing. Yes, and the gear page has taken note. Okay, uh, they believe that the the, the uh, world is changing as well. Um, the problem is, I don't know that some of the people over there are okay with it. And um, I I was both shocked and appalled to see some of the things that were being said by people uh, over there. And I think it warrants uh, a little bit of outing for some of these people to, you know, kind of talk about what a disaster of a human being they are in some regard. Um, Now, granted, everybody's entitled to their opinion. uh, And so I'm obviously asserting my opinion here. This is infotainment Uh, for the show itself. Like obviously my opinion does not necessarily reflect yours. And so if you don't like it, send me an email harass me. I don't care. This is where I stand. And I feel like I have to say something. So they, they referenced the, uh, the Rolling Stone article in the first, first part of the thread. And then some have said, uh, uh, 
the, the first comment is literally so half of women or half new guitar buyers are women. And then there's a the first like post afterwards is half me, half of men are women now too. The times they are a changing. Oh, and Jesus. as soon as you see that, you somebody know where this to, you know where this thread is going. Yeah. So I wouldn't somebody said he, somebody quoted me said I wouldn't go quite that far, but if you are a man who says that they are a woman or wants to be a woman, there will be a bunch of new trucks at your door or news trucks at your door. If you say you are straight and happy about that, no news trucks. And I'm thinking like, this is getting way, way bad. Uh, yep. I'm, what do you, uh, I, I just, so here's the way. What took them so long? Now that I'm a geezer, I pretty much play with the same circle of dudes and a few women who sing or play keyboards. I would have liked to play with more women, guitar, drum, or bass players. But they've been so rare. Women bring a slightly different perspective than men, like Leslie Leslie or Leslie Feist or Saint Vincent. They turn up in a different way. And then somebody else says, "Who are the other half?" In other words, you know, who else is buying guitars? Um, this is the this is the stuff that bothers me. Here's a guy who says they heard about all the action guys who play guitar claimed to get, and they decided they went in on some of that. Lots of women mm-hmm. in the acoustic sections of the stores I visited today. One was really doing a superb job on a banjo. Another was a petite young woman who someone handed a dreadnought to, and she looked at it like it was trying to consume her. Somebody get that lady a Taylor 312, please. And like, I, I, it's stuff like this that just drives me insane. Yeah, oh, yep. so, so she's a woman, so she can't handle a full size dreadnought. Um, half of new people, half of new people are women, so kind of makes sense. Okay, that's kind of smart ass. Good news. It means that we can promote postpone the death of guitar. Great. <laughs> um, first off, half of new players. So half of the people who have bought a guitar bought for them is female. That's not really news. How many stick with it and make it their thing? Not enough. Same is true for boys as well, but they managed to stick with it in greater numbers. And then somebody already said, way to go to gear page. When the original posters uh, post is already somewhat misogynist, misogynistic, stereotypical. I really ask myself what I'm doing on this forum. And it gets worse. This is only, I haven't even finished the first page. It get, it gets oh. absolutely insane. And so I want to, I'm looking for my comments because there's some, there's some things I quoted. Um, somebody said, I think it was a parody post. Cause it, it gets bad. There are people literally saying things like women can't play anyway. So what the hell's the point? Uh, plenty of girls, uh. Uh, you know, plenty of g- girls quit playing guitar uh, or the only girl, the majority, this is the one I love. The majority of female guitarists I see are songwriters utilizing the guitar, similar to Alyssa Etheridge. I do not see many of them going and doing jazz or shred. And I'm like, Nita Strauss. It's very simple. They're out there. We just don't see them because the industry doesn't doesn't push them. She's Um, one of I can't say how many. I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of them now and there have been a bunch of them for a while. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, of course, somebody says, ooh. The, for the girl with the dreadnought, has anybody seen this one? And they picture, posted the, the Ed Sheeran meme. It's Ed Sheeran's guitar signature Telecaster and only has three frets. You know, uh, <laughs> which which the, the meme is funny, but not in this context. Uh, so well, I, Ed Sheeran, we're talking about Ed Sheeran. We're not talking about the women, right? I mean, we're talking about Ed Sheeran. So I want to I want to read. My, he doesn't need more than three frets. I want to read my responses to to this thing because there are multiple responses. And they're all like right together. So I said, times are, things are changing. We've had enough discussion about it when we started doing our segment on our podcast called Women in Music. Women like Nita Strauss are redefining the gender roles of guitar players, whether we, uh, whether people want to accept it or not. 
For everyone who says things like women are just singer songwriters, go to your record store. You've probably you're because you're probably afraid of iTunes and get some Jennifer Batten or Nita Strauss and tell them there aren't uh, and tell me there aren't some women out there who genuinely just want to play great guitar. I can remember in the early you know aughts when Daisy Rock was around. I always thought it was incredibly sexist to assume that women would want a guitar with different geometry. I have short, stubby fingers, and I'm husky. Guitars are not designed ergonomically for me either, and I love them just the same. I'm far from liberal, but I can't just let women continually be disrespected. The worst is when you go to see the local cover band, and they always have that over-40 blonde, boobs out, and tambourine in hand. She doesn't do much, but she's always out front for people to see. Isn't she? What a joke. This is 2018. It's time to realize that the next wave of women guitarists, uh, or the next wave of great guitarists probably includes women. And then uh, I, I commented some very specific uh, to some very specific posts. I said, guitarists are notably some of the most traditionalist people on earth. We still play instruments designed in the 50s with amplification that honest to God requires tube technology. It's backwards. In other parts of the world, when they want to get people to adopt the values of the 21st century, it results in wars and beheadings, you know, like in the Middle East. Um, and then I, somebody else uh, with regard to uh, the my impression of uh, was that young girls lose interest at some point. And I said it will happen. And, you know, uh, they, they mentioned that they'd like to see a ladies band. In other words, a band of really good women players, all women players. And I said, it will happen. And you know what? That won't be the thing to watch for. The thing to watch for will be when a band that includes women that includes or is for a band that includes women as equals. Truth be told of the women I've talked to who are players. The reason they drop out or consider dropping out is because they don't feel any kinship, acceptance or community. There is a fear that they will never be accepted. And that keeps them in the basements in their bedrooms. Just looking around at some of the uh, smart ass remarks in this thread makes it pretty clear why they're that they're not wrong. Um, it won't stop it from happening, though. There are women more tenacious than ever in the, Uni- uh, the United States right now. Look around at a newspaper. When I was a kid, we didn't know what a vagina even looked like. Fast forward 30 years and you have women wearing genitals as a hat. There are the, uh, those are the ladies that will be pushing back. And there are more of them now than ever. So whether you agree with me or not. I mean, we're 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 in a world where everything is changing rapidly, especially with the guitar and and musical instruments and music in general. Women have a place here, and we need to stop acting like they don't. I know that that there are people out there that still have this impression that it's like, well, you know, all the guitar heroes are male, so that means a woman can't play. That's so fucking ass backwards, and especially when we have people like Sister Rosetta Thorpe, you know, from back in the '30s and '40s and '50s. Play it playing, you know, basically what amounts to the beginning of rock and roll. I think what for what people forget is, okay, so the parlor guitar, right? How far back does that date? Ugh. You don't have to answer that question. Just think about it. Too, too far. <laughs> a long time ago. Okay. We're talking about over yeah, 100 years. Yeah. And guess who the parlor guitar was designed for? Women. Mm-hmm. So believe it or not, there was a time when there were a lot a lot of women who play guitar, not just 50% of the guitar players, a lot of women. And what has happened is it's not just the sexist um, uh, comments um, of people in, you know, in audiences and and all, but it's, it's, we, we come into today, 
there's these sexist comments right there in that in that thread. You think a woman wants to step into that thread and say well, that's something? Exactly what I'm, She's gonna that's have to exactly be, what I'm thinking. You guys are acting like this. And they have, and they're wondering why there's no community for them. Nobody embraces absolutely. them, absolutely, because they see absolutely. this shit. I mean, I'm just looking at even looking at the uh, the, the the pictures that people have picked as their avatar in the gear page, and even some of them are sexist. It's it's come to the point that there is no room for women, um, and it's because it, they're there. Oh it's yeah, just they're that, lurking. And they're yeah, and they and they look at these these posts and they listen to these podcasts, but they don't want to say anything because two things happen. I can tell you that that you know talking to a lot of women. Of course, we we interview women on this show, but talking to a lot of women in music, you know why they don't say anything? It's because the minute that they post something on on Facebook, either they get a heart, they get someone that sends them a wiener pic. I mean, they get they get they get hit on. And they're in there to do the same thing you are, to talk about gear. They want to talk about gear. They don't care what you look like. They don't want to date you. You know, the first thing I, I'm, so I'm singing um, or playing with a, a female-led band right now. And the first thing I said to them was, not looking for a date, not looking for a girlfriend. I don't care what she, you know. Yeah. In other words, I just want to come in and I just want to play. The fact that you even have to say that is the embarrassing part of this whole situation. Exactly. That's exactly what I was. Why should I have to say that? Because if I didn't, they're like, oh, is this person going to come in here and, you know, be like the last six guys that came in? Hey, baby. Hey, you want to you have a good time? Yeah. <laughs> then you probably shouldn't hang out with him. <laughs> I know you're married. You got three kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's the but, other thing. It's like. But I'm so it, awesome. It, do, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. It's like, fuck. Maybe it matters to her. Maybe, Maybe. she's a lesbian. Who cares? Who That's cares? The point. the point is, regardless of her sexual um, preferences or her, her sexuality or whatever, the thing that you have to remember is she is just another member of the band, a female guitar player. We shouldn't have to put the word female in front. We don't talk each other male guitar player i don't call you a male guitar player you know what you know what bothers me worse other than michonne rubbing on the microphone right now uh yes. do you know what actually bothers me worse that would make me sneeze so bad right now. It, it, <laughs> i'm gonna sneeze just by the so i have seen in the past of course people bring up that you know the the uh obviously guitar is a, is an instrument that's rooted in um ethnic cultures in a lot of ways because of people like robert johnson and the crossroads story and all these different things specifically with black culture here in the United States and um, blues obviously comes out of that. And jazz is part of that tradition as well. Um, and you see guys even so I've seen before where somebody will say something racist on the gear page and everybody piles on the dude and they're like, you're, oh, yeah. you're a fucking idiot because we look at those people for camaraderie, right? We look around us and we say, okay, so I really like Jimi Hendrix. He obviously was was African American, and I look, you know, I really like um, uh, Buddy Guy, for example. Or you know, we we all have our yep. heroes, and they, they they we we never really think about the color of their skin until somebody says something shitty, right? Yep. Um, and the funny part about the whole situation is, I've seen people get piled on in those kinds of things, but I've never seen somebody like when somebody says, you know, ooh, look, you know, 
she's playing guitar on YouTube or whatever. They're like, let me see your boobs. Like, I've never seen anybody pile on that guy. Like, what the fuck? Right. It's, you should be just as outraged. Yep. Well, what happened? I, because because uh, apparently uh, sexism is just a joke and that that like racism is a real thing. I That's the way it feels to me. And it, and it, it's, it just it's disgusting. Like yeah. there, there's no difference between the two. Racism and sexism are essentially the same thing to me. Absolutely. So absolutely. Any ism is. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a bigot. You know, I, yeah. I don't think anybody I've told my wife this before. I don't think anybody is any better or any worse as a person, like a total person package than anyone right. else. Because anyone else. for every deficiency that we, that, that we have, we have something that makes up for it. Right. Absolutely. And there's a lot of congruency in, psycholo- in psychology and psychiatry and those, those fields of study that, that suggests the same thing happens from a mental standpoint. So I just, I, I've never, like, I, I didn't have to be raised that way. I just knew it. You know, right. you, you kind of grow up, oh, well, that guy's the big, tall, muscular guy. So, you know, like, that's what he's got. So obviously I have to be the one with the brains because I'm smaller and shorter and don't know how to do anything. And later on, you find out you're a lot faster than they are, you know, right. but but that's kind of the mentality that, that I grew up with was that, well, it just means that I do things differently. And that's fine. Um, yeah. And I think for our community, and, and I'm, I'm speaking about musicians in general, like we've gotten past race a long time ago for the most part. There, yeah. Yeah, of course, there's still, you know, your holdouts with, you know, their backwards ideas and whatever. Um, but ultimately, like, I don't I don't think I've ever seen a pro and maybe it goes on behind the scenes, but I don't think I've ever seen a pro guitar player of any other nationality throw somebody else under the bus, you know, when they go on stage. Um, right. So kudos to the community for that. But we got to figure this women thing out like now. This is getting insane. And to see this this kind of. 1950s like wife beating thing going on here i just i it's it's jaw dropping to me and honestly i expected more i I hate the gear page and i and i always trash talk it because like it's always just a it's just a clusterfuck but to see this this is even surprising to me it really is so well you know i saw that um some other person um not in a group but personally put that that strand or that that uh that thread up on their page and they they referred to it and talked about how um that was and i and personally i saw that same thing and i thought geez this is this is really sad yeah it's embarrassing half of Did new we- guitar players or women is the name of the thread if you want to dig it up i'm not putting this in the show notes this needs to be buried um, but i think i think what they forget is it doesn't matter <clears throat> this is the thing everybody um, I think what the one person said because they they posted it. I was gonna I was gonna share that in our group because somebody put it on Facebook. Anyway, maybe somebody shared it in Sixty Cycle Home or something. Some, uh, I'm, I think I'm still a member of Sixty Cycle Home. Anyway, the the um the thing that got that got to me was the immediate, like you said, the sexist threads. There was this. Um, oh, it was YouTube. Um. Anyway, not important. The important part is the immediate sexist response was, let's see them shred. And I'm like, nobody said anything about those people being shredders. Not one person. And nobody, and I do mean nobody, asked them to compare them to you. And, and um, 
you know, you you shared that thing with me the other day about that shredder. That was not um, sexual. That was not somebody that went, oh, shredders are just people with bad timing and everything else. I was like, oh, that, that jackass. Let's not talk yeah. about that fuck face in this, in this I went, podcast. I went to that guy's, I went to that guy's profile um, and I clicked on a few of his videos. He was everything he said that he hates about shredding. He had piss poor timing. He had, he had no terrible, intonation. Terrible his- fucking bending. <laughs> Terrible intonation. So here's what. Let me explain this situation. Jim's describing. I'm a member of a shred group on Facebook, and I and I joined it mostly so I could ask questions about guitars. But uh, I I and I've been using it to promote the show too. Um, I put I put the uh, shred sucks episode in there at one point, um, and and we got some we got some listens off that. But um, it was funny because uh, I joined the group. I I'm not really active in there. I watch a couple videos every once in a while. Somebody will put something up, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, but this guy posted in there and he was like, he was like, this is what, this is what your average post on, on this group looks like. And then he basically says like, it always has poor bending and intonation. It always has, you know, uh, sloppy picking. It's oh, and, and, and whoever's posting it needs to practice with a metronome. So Jim, Jim, I said it to Jim. Cause I, I immediately said, somebody needs to, uh, somebody needs to push this guy back under the bridge where he belongs. Yeah. And, uh, he started flipping out and of course he was a classic troll and I can't keep my mouth shut when people talk to me like this. So, um, we, it went back and forth for a bit before I finally blocked it and just said to hell with this. I'm, I'm done. Um, but, uh, like two people came to his aid. Most of the people were like, you're a fucking moron. Um, and, uh, the funny part was I sent it to Jim. I was like, look at this, look at this tool. And Jim looks at, goes through his page and he's like, go watch this. And he's like, sends me a bunch of his videos and I'm, I'm watching them and they're awful. Yeah. They were just terrible. Like, so I'm not a shredder, right? I, I could do some of that stuff, but, and I appreciate the, the art form and the technique and all that, but I've never like focused on, Hey, I'm going to make a song where all I do is go fast. Uh, right. If, if, if I was going to describe the way I shred quote unquote, I would say I'm probably more like Steve Vai than I care to realize uh, been been listening to a lot more of his music lately in the past couple of days. And I'm like, yeah, that kind of sounds like that one thing I did and starting to realize that Vi has rubbed off on me over the years a lot more than I care to realize. Um, but to watch this guy just like get demeaned and, and to say things like, oh, well, you all need to practice with a metronome. And it's like, hey, dumbass, you need to practice with a metronome. And I made yeah. a comment about like, oh, yeah, well, you know, let's see him play with a band. And He's like, oh, I have a band. I'm like, well, where are your video clips? <laughs> you yeah. know, because you don't want to show anybody what you what you what kind of music you actually have to play. Because that's the thing with with shred players. Unless you're playing in your bedroom with tracks, it's really hard to find musicians of the caliber that can keep up with you. And yep. I, I have I I have problems finding musicians that that I feel comfortable with, like just like extending and going out and stepping out of the ledge because. You you know you want to do safe when you're performing because you don't want to screw up and you need some people that are willing to take an adventure with you in order to make that happen and that's that's difficult to come by. Yeah, um, so it is. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that they have to be a specific caliber. Look, if you can play double double kick, you know drum uh, drums, you could probably play for Ingve because you know that's what what ninety percent of his drumming ends up being. Um, but again. It's it's about finding the right people who are willing to take risks, uh, the same risks that you are. So, uh, yeah. 
I we just wish people would stop trolling the fucking internet so hard. And I don't I don't get the appeal <clears throat> of you know getting the rise out of people. I tried to be well, a troll. I did. I t- I spent a year trying to get kicked out of all these groups, and I realized in that that process because I didn't want to. I oh, so first off, I was not gonna pick fights with people. I was the subtle troll. Like I was gonna go in and I was just gonna make bad posts that people would eventually just say, you know what, this guy's not really doing anything constructive. Get him out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I I'm not a guy that likes to hurt people. I know that's that's not my thing, and and it never will be. Um, but I went I went into uh, a couple of groups that did that kind of stuff, and I could never get kicked out. So I don't understand the pleasure or the dedication to become like a real troll. Right. What it really takes to troll people, I can show you. Oh yeah. Oh, but- I, I went into P. I went into the P Dubs group, the uh, the Gear Talk P Dubs group. And yep. I put po- when they were doing that roast my board thing. You remember that whole craze? Yep. I did roast my Bible, <laughs> and nobody kicked me out. Roast my Bible. Nobody said a word. Do you That's know what, a good one, though. Do you know what ruffled feathers what when I that? suggested that I asked if some if any churches were going to do tributes to George Michael? <laughs> that made some people really ticked off. See, you know how to troll. Yeah, gotta, so I'm, I'm pretty practice. good at it. I am good at it, but I just don't get, I get no pleasure from it. I get no pleasure from it. Oh, I don't get any pleasure. I the only time I get any pleasure from trolling is when a troll um, says something and then you say something back, and then they take it, they take offense to it. Oh, I love I love then, I love poking the bear a little bit. Then there's fun to that. There's a lot of fun to be had. So, there. so you you saw that that thread the other day. I poked the bear quite a bit. Like I knew I was yeah. I knew I was getting trolled and I didn't care because oh, I was just gonna make I was gonna make him look like an idiot. I told Jim I had to explain to Jim like what my strategy is when you deal with trolls. Like a lot of people say just just shut up and leave them alone so they'll go away. That that never works. First off, because then they just find a new thread to go fuck with people. Um, so yep. what I like to do is to make them look like a complete idiot so that anybody who's reading the thread knows that they're an idiot. And then pays no attention to them anymore. So, I like to think I like to think that they're like mods before the light bulb was invented. Eventually, they got to find a place to, to go. So what you're telling me is I need to be the guy to build the electric keyboard that will shock the shit out of them when they troll. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I somebody's got to got to build the flame, you know, for the moth. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, we look at. We look in this world, we've got, there's a lot of trolls and there's a, and there's a lot of reasons that people troll. We live in a world now where, you know, like we've said a hundred times in this, this cast, the best thing you can do is go out and hang out with people. These are people that just don't leave the home. Think about it. We live in an era. It wasn't that long ago when you had to pick up the phone, at least to call and order pizza. Okay. You, you had to talk to someone. We live in an era now where there are people that do work and never leave the home. They don't have to leave the home to do anything there. And, and in that sense, think about it. They can have their car. Um, take why they have a car. I don't know, but they can have their car cared for you, by the, the company that comes can, and just takes their car. You can seriously stay at home completely now without leaving the yes. house. You can order your you groceries not, and everything. That's right. You can order your groceries. You can your your refrigerator will, and that's the scary part. The refrigerator will order the groceries for you. Yes, and, and you can get those refrigerators now. I was thinking about it. You know how much easier that would be in my life. Like 
I old, the milk one. is bad. New milk on the way. I looked at one a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> no, I'm not spending that much money for it. But what, I thought it was what, cool. what do they cost? I can like, watch YouTube on it. What do they cost? What do they cost? Like like it was 2K? over three grand. Like two two three thousand. Okay. Yeah, it was over three grand. I mean, this thing was top. I'm not buying it home. for my condo because I don't plan on living here forever. So, but the point is that after you get done with all that crap, right? You've got the um, uh, you've got the the um, the the refrigerator that can order for you. You can you can work from home. You can play from home. You can go to church from home. You can you can um, be in a band from home. Yeah, you can YouTube from home. Eventually, dude. Eventually, you're gonna have no ability to, and especially if your kid coming up in this, you're not gonna have any um, personal skills, right? Right. And, and when you walk into a room, you think you're supposed to be the center of attention because that's what you've been in your in your Facebook profile, your YouTube channel. On every other thing. So when you do get thrust into a position where you have to talk to people, you either don't or won't. There are, are a ton of can't. there are a ton of people out there now. And I was having this conversation with Pat at Good Time. We're gonna get Pat on the show, by the way, everybody. Pat has agreed to come on. Uh we got some other guests to get out of the way first. Um, but when when Pat comes on, look out because it's gonna be fun. Um he, we were talking about YouTube personalities and people like Chappers that have, you know, their signature guitar company, whatever. Chapman, Chapman Guitars. He had a lot to say about Chapman Guitars. I'm going to let him say it when he comes on the podcast. But uh, he basically said what I've said all along is, why the fuck should Rob Chapman have his own guitar line? Why? It doesn't make any sense. He's not, he's not an Eddie Van Halen. Right, he's not a pioneer of the electric guitar. Uh, can, I, can I say something? Yeah, and you you kind of alluded to it. Pat should probably know this. These people get courted by court. Court comes in and says, "Hey, uh, he's we not, want." He's actually not using court. They're using another company, but yeah, it's basically the same thing. Like, yeah, you got, we want you, you to, an empty factory with no business, and they come to you and That's they right. say, "Hey, we we got this open space. Like, we'll build you guitars." That's I, right. In his case, and, and, Anderton's is actually – Chapman is Anderton's, okay? Yeah, Chapman is being backed by Anderton's. Anderton's has got his money in there. And so, you know, 50%, at least 50% of that is is uh, Lee Anderton. Well, the funny part about the whole situation is that he was talking about – maybe we will talk about this briefly. We're only in an hour and 15. Um, he was talking about the fact that, you know, what we had talked about early on with Chapman, which was that – there was there's no dealers because the investment buy-in to to carry Chapman is stupid. It it's is, huge. It is insane for such a line that has no real history yet. Uh, it's not even that it has no real history. That they, they don't have the des- there's not enough desire from people to own one of those for right. the amount of commitment that you have to put in. Now here's the funny thing. So they so they started opening the dealership here in the United States. The deal was you you would have to buy like. It was twenty or thirty thousand dollars for the merchandise, right? Pre-order, and you have to pay up front, which no other company does. It's usually a deposit. Yeah. Uh, they, That's they, what RNA was talking about. And that, RNA and that, and you have to pay before the guitars are imported, 
which other companies don't do that either. Like the distributor brings them in and then you buy them from the distributor. So in this particular instance, and we'll have Pat talk about this more because he could talk more about the distributor relationship and those kind of things. But um, the to to pay to have these guitars imported, and then they said they were going to be here in like March or whatever, May. I think it was May. Jim, they just showed up last week. So if you put out a $20,000 outlay to carry models from them, you yep. waited six months on product. Exactly. Six months, and you had nothing. Nothing during yep. that six months. That yep. is insane. And it doesn't make any sense because they're not that desirable. I Correct me if I'm wrong. If there's people in the group that are looking for a Chapman, let me know. But when you when you stop and you think about that level of commitment to a brand, not Schechter, not Ibanez, not Fender, not, not Gibson, has that kind of a situation going where you have to pay up front for product that may not appear on the scheduled date. And that's that's a real problem. Uh, now, we were talking at the beginning of the show, we were talking about Janelle. I watched a YouTube video from a guy in Britain who had had a problem with a distributor, right? And so he went without any new guitars for like six months. Now, here's the funny part about the video. So I was in a really dark place. I've been carrying GNL tributes. Well, and this is where, this is where it kind of lost me. You said, you've been carrying GNL tributes for 20 years. No, you haven't. They haven't existed for 20 years. So how the hell could you have carried tributes for 20 years? He carried GNL for 20 years, which is fine. Okay. I get you. I got you. Uh, they had a, they had a British distributor. And uh, they lost their distributorship. Uh, GNL sent out a nice message to all their their uh, dealers in the in the uh, in Britain and said, "We will be uh, uh, working with another distributor as soon as possible. We'll keep you posted." Right. So four months went got went by, and this guy's got all these orders mounting up, and he can't deliver. Right. So he calls up like everybody at GNL that he can get get on the phone and he only get finally gets to talk to the the president who says basically yeah 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 we know you need a distributor we're working on it like you'll be the first to know when when, when it happens so in the meantime he contacts germany the, the the german distributor and he says look we'd love to get some some guitars and the german people are like oh yeah we'd love to help you we know that you know there's a problem with distributor here in Brit- in britain and stuff like we'd love to help you with that of course then they said but we have to check with GNL first. And GNL said no. So this guy went without product for like eight months. So you know what ended up happening? He gets a call from, uh, I think it's Cortec or somebody like that. And they said, uh, I guess it's sites related, that sites 3D related, because they were they were having difficulty exporting into Britain and there was a whole bunch of customs paperwork that had to happen. And so that's part of the reason why they, they weren't able to get a distributor because nobody wanted to deal with that yet. Um, so he got the Tokai line from Japan. And then of course the video ended up being an advertisement for Tokai. And he's like, Oh yeah, these are just as good. And like, they're, they're better than, than the Squire stuff. And I'm sitting there going, come on, dude, come on. No dealer would rather have Tokai over GNL. And he was acting like, well, you know, God closed the window, but he opened the door in the other room. You know, it's like, come on, man, come on. You know, Tokai is not a brand that's going to move. Maybe in England they do. Maybe they maybe they move more in England than than Gino. I don't know, uh, or they have more cloud over there. 
But I'll tell you this, here in the States, modern Tokai, like new production Tokai, I would laugh at that. And most of the other guitarists I know would too. So just goes to show you like that can happen with anybody. It's not like it's that seventies Tokai that like people like are those early eighties when yeah, they have nothing they were to making do with really that. cool knockoffs. Now no, it's just a name, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So um well, right. we're at an hour and 20. I think it's time to wrap it up. Uh, yeah. I know some people have been complaining because we're going to go to one episode shortly, a couple and probably 20 episodes or something. We're going to go to one episode a week. Yep. Um, everybody's complaining about it. Well, just Jason Fussmeyer, really. Uh, <laughs> do you kiss my of- ass? I spend way too much time podcasting and not enough time playing the guitar. Well, I figured I figured it was going to be this week that we were going to go to one one episode. So. No, That's it's, quicker than we I got. Thought. We got some time. Some time. We got. We got another ten episodes or something before we hit one hundred. Oh, so, okay. I think this is episode eighty four, eighty five. Um, We're almost there. Yeah, soon, soon, probably end of November. So um, Wednesday, folks, uh, we'll be um, having an open. Yep, as I said discussion. at the beginning of the episode, we'll have an open discussion. I'll post the the information the show in the show's group. You can find it on Facebook dot com slash group slash Practical Guitarist. And, and those uh, who are part of the discussion will know about it and be able to talk about it for 24 hours beforehand because it doesn't get posted till Thursday. Yeah, so um, it'll, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to meeting some people. Uh, we'll talk about you know plans for the future, I guess, on part of the episode, and we'll probably have some topics and some things that we can all kind of share. We might even yep. do a round round table topic where introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. And what would you like to have to for a topic? Actually. What I'm thinking, Jim, this is the question we should ask everybody. We should ask everybody in the group, what has been your favorite moment on the show so far? Yeah. Yeah. I know what my favorite moment has been. Which one? But I was drunk at the time. Oh, my God. So nobody's heard it. The one where the one, the one where Jim talked about the DNA replication of trees. Yes. Yes. And, uh, yeah, D, um, tree DNA replication, um, which, which devolved into why... Um, there are certain industries that have pushed um, uh, other industries, and I won't go into what industries and what well, industries got, because, again, I was drunk at the time. We got a few, but maybe we'll talk about it on the. We got a, well, if we got people few, push me hard enough. Maybe on the uh, open discussion, I'll we got a few it. minutes. We got like ten minutes. Let's 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 talk. Let's take a look back at the show and just talk about how things have been because this is kind of an anniversary episode for you and I. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. It's been a blast. Like there yeah. have been a lot of things that have happened as a result of this show that I never thought would happen. Um, my, my, my greatest moment was probably the night that I went to um, the, the club that's right here by my house to see Michelangelo Badio and yep. that whole craziness that transpired that evening. Like it, it, I did not perceive that going the way it did. And literally Jim's just like, Oh, you should try to get an interview. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'll, you know, I'll go contact some people. I didn't expect to get any replies. I figured I'd just ask, you know, and then lo and behold, I get replies from like Badio himself and like, Oh yeah, I'd love to. And then the whole shenanigans with uh, his man, go talk to my manager. He'll, he'll know who you are. Yeah. He didn't tell his manager shit. Um, (laughs) And so he knew the club was really small and he knew there wasn't going to be there. So he was just drinking at the bar and I walked up to him. It was the whole thing. Um, There was, that that moment has probably been the defining moment of the show for me because that was like the moment where I realized like I'm like a journalist now. This is weird. Well, now, I don't know what to do with yeah, this. And now you can walk up to Badio 
you know, and have a beer with the guy. Yeah, no. And, and, and it's not like it's weird. Um, I think that the, one of the biggest things for me was when, um, I went to the PRS event and, um, they said, oh, you're, you're, um, first Gear, it was Gear like, Fest was going to be the next one and I, I was going to get there. Yeah. You're well, gear fest is it, it, it's, it's not uncommon to be one of the, the people who have a press badge. But when I went to the, the PRS, um, thing, they were like, you have a press, your, your press. Yeah. And I gave them my business card. And yeah. I, they treat you differently there. And they totally treated me differently. It was, it was really cool and really interesting and really fun. Um, the, uh, I don't I really want to be treated differently though. When I went to GearFest, I wanted to be a fly in the wall. I wanted to report like what it would be like to just be a normal dude going there. No, um, I liked it. So I liked having, I've been the, I've been the fly on the wall. Yeah. I've been the guy that just showed up and, uh, and, and nobody gives a rat's ass that you're around. But when you're wearing that thing and you get to get to stand, Oh, this is the press box. When the show starts, you can stand right here yeah. where, where you're right up front in everybody else's way. It's, even it's though cool. I'm only five foot six. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so to compare and contrast, like you went there and you got to meet all these like YouTube yep. personalities and stuff. Um, staying in a house with, with Ryan Burke from 60 cycle hum, Yep. was probably the single weirdest experience I've had as a, a podcaster just because <laughs> like I get up in the morning and there was Ryan and yeah. I was like, wow, this is odd. I've spent like three years of my life listening to your podcast and watching you on YouTube. And now yep. here you are right in front of me and you're not any different as a person or anything. And uh, you know, they say you should never meet your heroes. Um, this is the first time I'm going to admit that Ryan is a bit of a hero of mine because um he did something and, and that show did something that really nobody else had been able to do at that point, which was to take basically two, two guitar hobbyists yep. and to, to draft a show around it. That was both entertaining and more entertaining than insightful. And that, right. and that's where, you know, I've tried to inject as much entertainment in the show as possible um, while still make, maintaining yeah. an air of information. Um, and I feel like, just getting to meet him and realizing that we were both kind of taking similar approaches to how we're, we, you know, want to use this event to like go around and talk to people that, you know, we can network with and just realizing like, actually it was the moment that I realized like, wow, I'm like a real podcaster and like kind of like a journalist and that. Thing yeah, that again. was, and it was, that was when, that feeling I had when I went to PRS, it, it was, you are a journalist to, and to, until that point. We, we felt like we were amateurs like yeah, up, up to that point, And then we realized like they're all amateurs. Like what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And when I talked to these guys it was like, they are just like me and they're, and they're not any better than you are. They're not any better than I am. And you don't have to be a super shredder and you can ask as long as you ask intelligent questions and you're not an asshole. Um, people, people welcome you into that circle. I've been, you know, I've been part of the circle of, of musicians for so many years. I mean, I started as a teenager one day, you know, I went, I went to a show. Um, I saw people picking gear up and, and carrying it onto a stage. And I went, I'm going to join that crowd. And I just did that. And the next thing I knew, you know, I was backstage at a foreigner concert. So <laughs> things are, things are different for different people. I mean, and I've, I've always been like that. I've always been the person. I guess once you get back there, you realize that first of all, there is no such thing as being starstruck once yeah. you've already met these people. They're, they put their 
they, you know, they put their pants on the same way you do. They, no, they do they're, everything just, the they're just, they're just people. They're just people. Like, and, and the ones that people are like, Oh, that guy was an asshole. When I bet he was an asshole. I walked up and I asked for it. You know, an autograph. And, and then you're like, you, you ask, okay, so where were you when you asked for the autograph? Oh, he was taking a piss. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe you could have yeah. waited could for him take, to finish take your hand off, Yeah, can you take your hand off your dick and sign my paper? <laughs> I mean, you know, come on. I mean, can that, I get that's a selfie of your dick? <laughs> if if you had that all the time, people people love to say things like, "Yeah, well, if I was famous, I would be like." Yeah, you don't even like it when somebody bothers you at lunch, and all you are is a friggin' regular employee yeah. at a normal job, and only people only bug you like once a month. People get bugged all the time. They don't want that. They just well, want you to be who you are. And then when they've got time to talk to you, that's the thing with Michelangelo Badio. That's why I told you, I said, just hang out, just hang loose. He'll get back to you. And he did. Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, going to gear fest and now actually Michelangelo Badio was like probably the biggest celebrity I'd ever guitar celebrity that I'd ever talked to and like worked with mm-hmm. and hanging out with him for a little bit. And then, going to gear fest and then just being sitting there at a table and Ryan's like, Hey Dita. And she comes walking over and I'm like, yeah, wait a minute. That's Nita Strauss. Like what the fuck? And then even later on going, uh, uh, the guy from Spectre SMG, uh, what's his name? Uh, escapes me. Right oh now. yeah. Running into him and then sitting yep, and having yeah. lunch with those guys and not, and yeah. not like just being a dude there. Like nobody, nobody said yeah. nothing. Nobody and cared. Greg Cock. Yeah. And others and others. Um, and and you suddenly realize that that they're just people too, and they're there and they're do they're there actually, just doing like you're doing. And 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 a lot of times, even at like Gearfest or something like that, they're they're wanting to meet the fans. Like they want to right. see the people that are actually buying their music, and like exactly, they're very interested in it. And it's not they they're not gonna they don't insult people like this. They're always nope. super nice. Well, that's and they go there knowing that every minute of their waking hour that they're in that public eye. Yeah, that that's that, that it, people are going to walk up to them, and they and they have that attitude. Yeah, you know, and that's why it's different. And you're you you know, people will be like, yeah, but I met so and so at at you know this gear fest, and it was so awesome. And yet I met this person in the toilet, and they weren't that that nice. So if you're not going to be able to make our Wednesday webcast. Go ahead and post your favorite moment in the group. I'd love to know what people liked about the show in the last year that we've done it. Um, Jim and I have no foreseeable plans to end the show anytime soon. So this is going to go on for a really long time. I I feel. Um, And I just want to, you know, make sure that like, we're, we're all on the same page, but also just to kind of take a look back and give us a retrospective. Because I know there's things that I'm forgetting that we did. We and did. we want to start we want to start talking about things that y'all enjoy. You know, I mean, do you enjoy more the gear stuff? Do you enjoy more the babble the babble and the banter? Do you enjoy more um the uh the talk about um playing and technique and uh um the shredding things and the stuff we talk about there? Do you want to see um more demonstrations? Do you want to hear more uh demonstrations you know that type do you of want thing. do you um, want me to yell in every episode so that the microphone <laughs> clips um, i just have to be warned so i can pull my earbuds out yeah do you want me to you know like if that's the stuff you guys like if you want to see me get angry you can always join the patreon i'm gonna like have to ran- i'm gonna have rants on the patreon um so yeah. 
Yeah, we start. We want to. We're going to start putting the um, the Patreon stuff together. So that's one of the reasons for going to one a week, so we can start um, focusing putting, on other content and promoting right. the show more. Um, right. We are still committed to giving you the best show we can. If anything, there will probably be more prep work that goes into each show. And you so, got to remember, both of us have day jobs. Um, I'm I'm in a band, so I rehearse twice a week. I got day um, jobs. I got kids. I she's got, got little kids. <laughs> I've got a moronic dog that walks around. I got two cats. I got kids. I got a wife. Yep. I got day job. I have, um, I have a night job too that I do occasionally, which is web design. And then uh, I try to play guitar sometimes. I mean, yeah, it, ha- it has to happen in there somewhere. Believe it or not, I haven't been able to play guitar all day, which is weird. Um, well, I just- have that problem all the time. I, I suck at guitar, so I, I barely ever, ever, you know, can actually play it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and before we close, I'm going to say this. So it, it, the whole reason that I haven't put up a lot of videos, um, has been because I'll, I'll be, the, I'm going to admit something to everybody. I'm very sensitive about when people start to slam on me and back, I used, I put up a, um, an instructional video. I put up a one, four, five thing or one, five, three, something that some bass player asked me how to, how to, do and I just put it up on my YouTube page to share it. To say okay, this is because that was the easiest way to share yeah, a video. Yeah, right, it right. still is, and because I didn't know anything about making it private and everything like that, people saw it and they were like, "Oh, I would have expected you'd be better than that." And um, well, uh, and then I saw that guy's plan. I was like, uh, "Here we go." Oh, believe me, and and you're always your own worst critic. And it, even when I've done my stuff, like I look at my videos and go, "Oh God, like what am I thinking?" Cause this is not how I normally play. And like, I feel like I get out of my element because I want to show a specific aspect of something that right. it's not how I would normally do it. I just want right. to show that I can do it, you know? All right, guys, it's a uh, hour and 32 minutes. I've been David. I've been Jim. And we have been the practical guitarist practical for the guitarist. last year. Yeah. Woo-hoo! See you on Wednesday. <laughs>